Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. So. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, but the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Okay. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Yes! Hello! Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on February 23rd, 2019 at adamsank.com. Call in to talk to us at 844-825-5367. Leave me your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this bullshit. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com and like the Facebook page. Also, it is that time of year again where I am raising money for AIDS Walk New York. Uh, I'm up to $4,505 as of this moment. I'm trying to raise at least 15000 Go to adamsank.com. There's a link directly at the top of the page to my AIDS Walk page. Today's guest is Kenneth Conan, a gay quadriplegic man who just made a porn video entitled Face Fuck Me. So we're going to be talking to him about that. And speaking of Face Fuck Me, please welcome everyone's favorite Frost Pig, my favorite co-host, the one and only Ryan Frostig. Happy birthday to you. What? It's my birthday? Happy birthday to you. This key's way too low. Happy, Happy birthday, dear me. Adam. Me. Happy birthday to you and many more. Thank you. Yes, it is my birthday, ladies and gentlemen. And not only is Ryan here, not only is I'm JB here. here. Hi. But Rob, a.k.a. Boy Wonder, my ex-boyfriend... Yes. From San Diego is Gang here. is all here. Rob refuses to speak. He's only going to be a silent uh, listener uh, for this radio show. And by the way, I'm going to turn off Facebook Live because this is distracting. But those of like, you watching on Facebook can listen live at AdamSank.com. Bye-bye. All right. That was fun. For the listeners. I was like, what's going on over there? your phone call. It is my birthday, and apparently someone is already calling in. I do expect a lot of calls today, Ryan. Let's do it. Uh, for uh, my birthday, people calling in with their well wishes. So, caller, you say what? What's happening, Jason? Hey, Derek told us to call in and wish you a happy 75th birthday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hilarious. Where's the shade, Bell? It's not even here. Oh, uh, who is this? This is Jason from New York. Hi, J is this Jason Salomon? Salomon? Yes. I yeah. know you. Thank you for calling I in, know. Jason. Yeah, I think we met on the... Uh, was that the Love Cruise, Miami Madness? Grinder. Bareback.net. Jason, thank you. I do feel like I'm 75 years old. But, oh, uh, no. Don't, you look at two. Don't beat yourself thank over you. it like Jesse. But I'm still... Well, like Jesse? Is that what you just said? <laughs> too soon, too soon. Don't yeah. beat yourself too up soon. like Jesse? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is hilarious and immediately being added to my repertoire. <laughs> uh, Jason, thank I'm you so much. We're just starting the show, so I'm going to let you go because we actually have to talk about Jesse for the next 30 minutes. Enjoy your birthday. Thank you, honey. Thanks for calling in. Bye. So, Ryan, yes. first of all, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, it's been in way too ass. long that, that since you've been, well, you've been in many asses, but I, not in this one. Exactly. In quite a while. Um, we basically have to talk about Jesse we Smollett a for a about, long time. I know. And this part of me doesn't even want to. It's like, it's this thing that we've just, that's just been looming for weeks now. We've just been waiting for more information and we've just been kind of wondering, like, is he telling the truth? Is he not? Now we have some more information, and it is 
deeply disturbing and and painful and i don't even know it's it's crazy you can't wrap your mind around going on i can't believe this is happening right now well you know that i've been obsessed with this case from day one for a couple reasons first of all i have a a friend who works in local news in chicago Mm -hmm. and literally from the day that the the news broke that jesse had been the victim of a hate crime he was sending me messages on facebook saying our sources are telling us this doesn't add up nothing about this makes sense right and i mean for weeks i was hearing that from him and also of course right-wing media was like saying oh this didn't really happen i to my core wanted to remain um i I didn't want to be skeptical i wanted so much to To believe believe him because i a, he's an important person. Yes. As a as an out gay black man, a young man. Yeah. Great looking, tremendously talented on a hit show. Like he he's an important person platform. to our community and, and particularly I think to um, young gay men of color. I think Jesse I don't know if there's ever been anyone more important than Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Absolutely. So I wanted to believe him. But from the beginning, it was like, this is weird. It's the coldest night of the year in Chicago. It right. was like 10 degrees without the wind chill, right? There's no video surveillance. He doesn't call from the scene. He doesn't call at all. His friend calls the police. He wears the rope around his neck for an hour. He's not seriously injured. He's not robbed. Why would two people, if, if, if two people were really gay bashing someone, why would they beat them up a little bit? put a rope around their neck, throw bleach on them, and then run away. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't it, make sense, it, yeah. You know, so, but, but again, it was like, well, why, how could this not be true? Once it came out that he knew the attackers and that they were black men, and also, I haven't heard these men speak, but they're Nigerian. I have to think that they don't <laughs> sound right. like white men. Yeah. I, like, and he didn't see them. Although he did say he saw the skin around their mouths and then it was white. We know that's not true now. But he did hear them. He said from the beginning that he heard them say the, the slurs and then this is MAGA country, motherfucker, or whatever. If it was like, this is MAGA country, motherfucker, you know, like it doesn't... <laughs> that's my Nigerian accent. It oh does not God. sound like white people. Right. <laughs> JB, you look like you want to say something. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm here for all the memes right now because I'm over it. I'm highly disappointed because as someone, as, as a black individual who has been hate-crimed, it's, I want to believe the victim. I want to believe this happened to you. If it did happen to you, let's bring up this issue. But now you made a mockery yeah. of people. And you know what? There are memes about you, and I'm laughing, laughing, laughing because I'm disappointed at you. I'm still laughing. I mean, you have to laugh because it's painful. Right. And how else? What else are we going to do at this point, JB? I want to talk to you more about this because one of the things that's been upsetting to me has been the reaction that I've been seeing from gay men of color about this incident. But before we talk about that, let's play a little bit of the sound from that really extraordinary uh, police news conference. This is Eddie Johnson, the Chicago PD superintendent of police, a black man, explaining their version of what went down. First. Smollett attempted to gain attention by sending a false letter that relied on racial, homophobic, and political language. When that didn't work, Smollett paid $3,500 to stage this attack and drag Chicago's reputation through the mud in the process. And why? This stunt was orchestrated by Smollett because he was dissatisfied with his salary. So he concocted a story about being attacked. Now our city has problems, we know that. We have problems that have affected people from all walks of life, and we know that. But to put the national spotlight on Chicago for something that is both egregious and untrue is simply shameful. I'm also concerned about what this means moving forward for hate crimes. Now, of course, the Chicago Police Department will continue to investigate all reports of these types of incidents with the same amount of vigor that we did with this one. But my concern is that hate crimes will now publicly be met with a level of skepticism that previously didn't, didn't happen. I mean, that's really what the tragedy of this, aside from the fact that Jesse has destroyed his life. Mm-hmm. Dest- oh, yeah. He had everything going for him. He has to go into hiding for a while. 
He just has. He, he he's going to be a, a, there, a laughing. There is stock. no hiding for a while. Well, right. Once you once you lie about something like this, because I forgot I forgot who did this, but remember the guy who who claimed he was attacked by neo Nazis mm-hmm. and put the swastika on his head. Mm-hmm. He never recovered from that. So seeing fucking road like yeah. right now, all he what frustrates me is that he hurt victims who are scared of coming out and telling their story because people won't believe them. Now, if they come out, they'll be like, oh, you're just fucking being Jesse. Like, you're just playing this on yourself. We have a caller. Do you want to go to uh, that? Let, <laughs> let's, let's talk to him for a second. Let's see if he wants to talk about this. Caller, you say what? Hello? Hello. Hello. Who's this? Hi, is this Adam? Yes. Who's this? Adam Glenn Scarpell. Yay! Yay! My first celebrity hey, birthday Adam. greeting. <laughs> Oh, my God. And not only do you have me, I have a surprise for you for your happy birthday. Is it you happy naked birthday. jumping out of a cake? Huh. Happy, bir- happy birthday from Mackenzie Phillips. Oh, my God. It's Mackenzie Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> freaking <laughs> out. Holy it's shit. Amazing. Hi, guys. Mackenzie. Hey. First of all, I love you both, and I'm so thrilled to hear from you today. Mackenzie, do you, by any chance, remember meeting me a million years ago when I worked for Fox News Channel and you were uh, in New York performing at a concert at Town Hall. Oh, I remember that event. <laughs> you don't remember me. <laughs> I met you I on the street. Know. I met so many people. I was out with a cameraman interviewing people on the street, as I did every morning for the Fox News Morning Show. And all of a sudden, you came out of the Doubletree Hotel. And I was like, holy shit, that's Mackenzie Phillips. And we interviewed you for a second. And then I gave you my card. You called me, and we put you on the show. You were actually on the morning show with us to promote the town hall concert. I do remember that. Hello again. Hello again. (laughs) You guys guys dive-bombed me on the street. It was like a man-on-the-street thing, and then... I walked out of the hotel. I'm sure it was terrifying. It was a li- well, you know, TMZ-ish. It was a little TMZ. <laughs> are you guys in Sedona together? Yes. Are you just yes. hanging or are you working on a project? Well, we're, we're here for the Sedona International Film Festival. They brought Mackenzie out as part of the 25th anniversary of the, of the festival because Mac has been here. How many times have you been here now, Max? Four or five festivals or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, it's really nice to be back in Sedona. It snowed in Sedona yesterday. I so saw that on the news. Were I, you guys freaking out? It was beautiful. But, yeah, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. We, we were in Phoenix together first because now I do this morning show on ABC 15 in Phoenix every Friday. Yes. And Mackenzie was our guest yesterday, and it was so fun. And then we thought we were going to be stuck down there, but we braved it, Max, didn't we? We braved it, and then we were driving to Sedona, and we were like, this, 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 this is like a complete fake news, that, you know, I, that the roads are closed and everything. So we made it fine to Sedona. But how old are you today, sir? I am 48 years old and feeling every minute of it. Oh, my Don't God. Don't you don't look a day over 40. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Ryan, I agree with you, dude. Adam, uh, you look so good. I you know only I wish do. to look as good as you. I mean, it's like... You're definitely not going to. It's true. With, with the lifestyle with the, that you have. With the lifestyle that I'm currently living, but maybe one day I'll turn it all around. Now, Glenn and Mackenzie, is Valerie Bertinelli there? I'd like to speak with her as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, not here today. <laughs> what, what about Schneider? Yeah. Oh, he's passed. I'm sorry. That was not wow. funny at all. I, I, my foot is in my yeah, mouth. But, but we're in Sedona, and we have a medium here that's going to channel him for you today. <laughs> Yay! Thank God. You, you guys, thank you so much for calling in. I love you both, and um, and what a great surprise to hear Mackenzie. Good morning. Happy birthday. All my love. Thank you. Have fun out there, you guys. Bye, you too. Drive we carefully. We wanted to do this for you, Adam. You know how much I adore you. I adore you more. Yay. And Jerry's sitting right here, too, and he says happy birthday. Happy birthday, Thanks, Adam. Jerry. Big hug to you. Lo- love and laughter and all things good for your birthday today. Thank you, honey. Right back at you. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So cool. He actually um, messaged me a few minutes ago. And was oh, like, he did? I'm going to call in with Mackenzie, and you know, I want it to be a surprise. Rob, do you remember the show One Day at a Time? You're probably too young. So they were both you know, series regulars. 
Mackenzie Phillips and Glenn Scarpelli. And uh, Glenn and I have become friends via social media over the years, and he's been on this show a few times. And um, But I've never talked to Mac other than that one time when I produced that segment for her at Fox. Anywho, back to Jesse Smollett. <laughs> I, ha- I have a question <laughs> yes, about Ryan. the... Um, so, so basically, you know, they're saying like, um, he staged this attack because he was unhappy with his salary. See, I don't that's, know how they know that. That's speculation. Well, so here's the thing. We weren't there for the grand jury testimony. Right. What people have to, have to realize is this isn't just the police saying, this is what happened and you should trust us. They had a grand jury, which they don't have to do, by the way. You can charge someone without a grand jury. But because the case was so sensitive, because there's racial issues, there's homophobic issues, because he's a rich, famous person. It's a high-profile case. Right. They were so careful. They did everything by the book. And they had a grand jury hearing where both sides were able to present evidence to say this happened or it didn't happen and here's how it happened. Clearly... The evidence was strong enough that the grand jury, not the police department, the grand jury decided there was enough enough evidence to charge and indict Jesse with filing a false report. Right. During those hearings, which were, again, secret, Jesse's lawyers had their opportunity. They could have been like, no, here's what really happened, and here's evidence to disprove what you guys are saying. That clearly didn't happen. Right. If it had and it had been convincing, the grand jury would have uh, ruled otherwise. So... Yes, maybe during those hearings, motives were revealed. Maybe the brothers had text messages. Maybe they, who knows? Yeah. Police seem pretty sure about that. To me, it doesn't even matter at this point why he did it. Right. But what I wanted to talk to you guys about, because I'm, this is one of these instances where I feel like I'm a white guy, so I don't understand. Sure. And I'm being told that I don't understand, and I believe it. A lot of gay people of color, men of color that I know, they seem to be breaking down into two camps. One is, we still believe Jesse, mm-hmm. which it just blows my mind. I, I just don't understand how you can come up with a scenario in your head at this point, just knowing that they were two friends of his, two black men that he knew and was in regular contact with, wherein Jess, Jesse is still telling the truth. I don't, I don't understand that possible scenario. The other camp I'm seeing is, okay, fine, maybe he did this. But the Chicago Police Department is racist as fuck, and we can't believe them. Mm-hmm. I've now, seen a lot of that. I mean, okay, so I, I hear I hear what other people are saying. Other people are saying, yeah, he did this, but at the end of the day, Chicago Police Department is still racist, which is true. Yes. Let's not let's not deny that fact. Let's not forget wh- wh- why he did this or where he did it. Where he did it is smart. He did it in Chicago, which is one of the biggest places that we have a problem. We understand we have a problem in Chicago, so why don't we fucking fix it? Right. I, but don't you feel like that's a separate issue, JB? It is. A, it is a separate issue. But when when are when are you gonna have a better time bringing it up? I, I don't I, see. For me, and again, this is like coming from a white guy perspective. I don't think this is at all the time to bring it up because one thing that 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 people seem to be forgetting is Jesse's not just an average black guy on the street. He's a rich famous, powerful black man who has all of, of the resources at his disposal that the average person, you or me, don't have. He has the best defense money can buy, right? And it seems to me that Chicago Police Department, as racist as they may be, bent over backwards to investigate this as carefully as they could. They took a month to charge him. They knew the day it happened that he was making this up. They waited a month. They wanted to be so sure. So... To me, this is not a good test case for the Chicago PD's racism. Or, or okay. as a test case, no. I'm just saying this is a platform to bring up their racism. Like he, to, for 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 someone to use a lie and to use this lie for a month, there has to be some truth behind it. Not 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 in his attack, but they always say the greatest liars always tell a bit of truth in it, and. You couldn't pick a better place in Chicago to do a racist story, is what I'm saying. Right, but don't you think that's all on him? It is all on him. Totally all on him. I'm not, I never say I don't go against him. I just believe that why not kill two birds with one stone? Let's bring up him, and let's also bring up the Chicago Police Department is racist. But if I were a gay black man, I feel like I would be, all my anger, all my rage would be toward Jussie right now. And instead, I'm seeing, but what about Donald Trump? 
but what about the hate crimes that are real? But what about the Chicago PD? And it's like, yeah, all those things are true and they're real and they're awful. But he just made it worse for yeah. everyone, particularly for gay black men. He made it worse by doing this because now when, when someone is legitimately attacked, which happens all the time, people who aren't rich and famous are, are racial, racially bashed and, and gay bashed all the time and we don't even hear about it. Now those people are going to have a, that much a harder time being believed, having police take them seriously, having the media take them seriously. The MAGA crowd will say, oh, it's all fake news, just like Jesse. I feel like this is the worst thing anyone it's, could have done. And it's not just about, oh, Jesse lied. I don't care about that. It's, it's what does this do at this moment in history when things are already so bad? The damage is, it's so deep, you know, and it's like we are all people of color, non-people of color, gay, you know, we're all struggling to comprehend it. And so we have to be sensitive in how we're like discussing it because I think a lot of the people are just still somewhat in denial. Like we, we, we don't want this to be true. So it's like, we're trying to create this, well, it could be this, or it could be the Chicago police, or it could be, you know, it's like, we're just, we're just trying to make sense of it. It's just so, so painful. It's just really hard. Damn. to Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you this, I don't know who's advising him, but the fact that he still uh, right maintains he went to the to the set to the set of Empire and said b before the whole cast and crew that he was innocent, and they fired him <laughs> because again, if you're innocent, explain what happened. Right. Imagine this were you. Imagine you were legit hate crimed, mm -hmm. and then it comes out that the two attackers are people that you know and are friends with, and they're saying. <clears throat> that you paid them to do this. Wouldn't you get on the biggest soapbox you could find and say, no, here is exactly what happened and here's why they're lying and here's how they're... Here, let me give you evidence to show you. Right. Like, and, and so then someone on Facebook said, well, maybe his lawyer's telling him not to talk. Okay, great. But then his lawyers would be talking. You don't just allow your client to dangle like yeah. this if you have anything that would show that, this, that he's telling the truth. They have nothing. Right. There is no scenario in which he could be telling the truth. And, and yet, I feel like when I say that, people are like, not so subtly, they're like, you're racist. And I'm like, how? This is not, you know, like, because for me, this isn't about race. But of course, it's easy as a for white guy to, to say, say that. that when, I feel the same way. You know, it's one of these situations where <clears throat> everything's about race in this country. Definitely. Even when it's not about race. Because because of the system the way it is and because of our history. And so, but again, I, I just keep coming back to blaming Jesse mm -hmm. for this. No one else did this. Yeah. I just hope I, I really, and I don't want him jailed. I'm not, you know, well, this isn't about revenge. Help. I just want him to come clean, yes. explain what happened, explain why it happened, then go away for a long time and get whatever help he needs. Yeah. When I say go away, I mean like rehab therapy, whatever, whatever he needs. Takes. Because clearly there's something terribly wrong with him that he would do this. I agree. All right. I think I've said enough Oof. about that. Um, once again, we're taking calls for my birthday <laughs> <laughs> at 844-825-5367. And now we're going to switch to something a lot more Complains fun. A little bit later. And completely ridiculous. Yes. Which is that RuPaul's All-Stars 4 has wrapped. Has come to an end. And uh, it was quite the season fortunately today we have ryan frostig here our rupaul's drag race correspondent so ryan please take it away Chante, well, you stay so i just have to say that like this this season oh that's okay no go ahead right. um i feel i still feel so conflicted about the whole thing because it was a it was a great season it was entertaining it was fun it was like it was different from all the other all-stars and that these these queens weren't necessarily like RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, but they were just like contestants that were coming back that were big personalities and had something to prove, right? right. They wanted to redeem themselves. So I kind of had to throw out everything that I thought All-Stars should be and just enjoy it for what it was. The problem is, is that the show, like in, on a normal season, is held to this sort of high standard of we're rewarding the best of the best. You know, if you win RuPaul's Drag Race, you have outperformed all the other contestants and you are the best in this particular branch of the of the series it's more like a um 
it's like a different show. It becomes like Survivor or Big Brother in that it's like, it's not about who's the best. It's about the strategy. It's about like, you know, how you play the game. And I think this season with Naomi sending home Manila, you know, that, that was a huge controversy. You were and gagged by that. We were all gagged. And, but I also like, I was upset and frustrated because Manila is, was clearly the most deserving of all of those queens in the fact that she's she's been a part of the RuPaul's Drag Race legacy, you know, since since thir- the third season or so. But like I also was kind of like fuck yeah, Naomi, just like, you know, play the game, send home the it was strongest. A power move. It was a power move and it was exciting to watch. Um how do you feel about the outcome? I am happy with the outcome. I'm not happy with the way that it was presented to us. I have loved Trinity Taylor, Trinity the Tuck, um, since season nine, and I was, she was actually my pick for uh, winner of that season. And Monet is, you know, a hometown hero. She's an amazing queen. She's so funny. I love seeing her perform, and, and she has come so far in such a short amount of time. Um, so I'm, you know, at this point, who cares? Put them both in the Hall of Fame. It's, it's whatever. My issue is that the editing was so sloppy that we were supposed to believe that like right there in that moment, RuPaul was crowning two people, but it was clearly the, the motive for that was clearly uh, the whole, all of the all-stars being white and blonde. And there was, you know, Naomi made some comments during press that um, Carson Kressley asked her, what does it take to be in the, in the all-stars hall of fame? And she said, uh, you just have to be blonde and white. And I think that so that leads us to believe that in fact Trinity was the one and only winner until they went back and re-edited it. I think so. It's so weird, though. I mean, imagine being Monet and feeling like I didn't really win, but now they're going to pretend that I did. Well, that's the thing. It's like you know, yes, I'm so happy to see a queen of color in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. You know, it's it's it is cool. It's overdue. It, it is overdue. Um, but it just doesn't feel. It just feels kind of like a. Sh- sham like it doesn't it doesn't feel like a real win you know make the strong choice make the bold choice and and have her be the winner and not have her share that with someone else i don't know it's just that was a little weird yeah um i enjoyed the finale a lot Mm -hmm. and i had this weird feeling like something wasn't quite kosher but i couldn't put my finger on it until you pointed out to me that like we never see rupaul on camera yeah and and the voice she announces that that there's two winners it's all done in voiceover the voiceover that she uh provides that that they, they use is so lazy and she's so like for the first time in drag race history two winners like it just there's no energy yeah there's no it was enthusiasm. complete bullshit the one thing i the last thing that i'll say about monet winning is for me the moment where i felt like she had won especially the the la- that last lip sync was when she had her pussycat wig which <laughs> rupaul always gave her shit for and then did the Pulled wig it reveal off to reveal the same another pussy that, that was, was like that was her, one of the funniest things that ever. was like her sasha velour roses out of the yeah, league hilarious it was so good uh, uh jb i believe we have a 12 year old caller on the line caller you say what hey adam it's your annoying conservative nephew wishing you a happy birthday uh, leo leo thank you so much honey. hello hello leo, yes leo is the only republican member of my family I am. That is factual. Leo, how did you feel about the outcome of RuPaul's All-Stars? I thought it wasn't good. I <laughs> didn't want to, to be honest. <laughs> we figured. What's going but on? You guys, don't seem, you guys don't seem very fond of it. No, we liked it. No, we're, we're happy. It was a little controversial. Leo, what's going on in, uh, in New Jersey today? What are you up to? Uh, absolutely nothing. I live a boring life with a boring family and a boring house. You um, live a pretty damn good life. You have a better life than most 12-year-olds. It's a a boring life. We're all sitting on the couch, literally staring at a blank screen. Are you listening to my show, at least? We are listening to your show. Well, that's a first. Yeah, that is a first. (laughs) (laughs) All right, do you want to put your mom on for a sec? Yeah, also, my dad shaved his beard. Oh, exciting. He he looks uh, pale. He probably looks like a giant penis. He does look like a giant penis. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my mom. All right, guys. thanks for calling. Hello, special brother. Hello, Anna. How are you? Hey, Anna. Happy birthday. Thank you. Are you enjoying the show? 
I am enjoying the show, except I don't follow RuPaul, so that part was boring. But I, too, am fascinated <laughs> boring. by the Je- Jesse Smollett thing. Fascinated. Right? I've read every article there is to read. Me too. Yeah. Y- you know why, Anna? I'm always obsessed with hoaxes. I think, like, hoaxes and when people are con men and pretending to be something they're not, I've always been interested in that. Yep. And and you're right. I have the same thought that he, this kid had everything going for him and he just blew up. And what a mistake. He just fucked Stupid it up. Mistake. Hold on, hold on one sec. What's that, JB? Are they full? Uh, we have a lot of callers on the line. Okay. I'm going to let you go, hon, because but I'm the most important. You are the most important, but maybe mom is calling in and she would trump you. Oh, all right. Go get that. Give my love, love to, to Guy. I love you. And uh, thank you for calling in, honey. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. We'll take one more caller, and then we'll, uh, we'll have to, uh, we're going to start our guest segment. So, uh, caller, you say what? Hi. Hi. This is your, hi, this is Eric. This is your friend from Nashville. Hey, Eric. How are you, baby? Hi. <laughs> I know I've already wished you happy birthday on Facebook. Um, you do, uh, you don't look 40. You look younger than that, actually. <laughs> well, I'm 48. <laughs> you have a wonderful so. birthday. I just had a, a, a few things about this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Please. Stars. Um, did they ever say why they brought Latrice back? Randomly, what do you mean randomly? After she was voted off. Well, they 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 brought her back. Well, she she won. She there was the there was the um, the uh, Lollapalooza, and she uh, they, they brought back four eliminated queens, and she was one of yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, okay. And well, she, the thing is, I mean, I I thought that they had they had, they brought her back, and because um, I think that if they wouldn't have brought her back, then Manila would have won because. She saved Naomi, who saved her. Exactly. And I, and, and I agree with you guys. Manila should have won, you know, out of all of them. I was Team Trinity as well, but I think it should have been Trinity at the end. I think the whole tie was, it, it was so stupid. Um, I don't know why they went with the tie. To your point, I think that, um, I think the only reason they brought those queens back is so they could get Latrice back because she was so beloved by the fans that they were hoping she would take the whole fair. thing. You see, that's the thing. That's not fair. That's that's that was just a, a cop out in my in my opinion. That was so stupid. Well, th- that's the thing about all- that's the thing about all stars <laughs> though is that like the the decisions are completely out of. I mean, I I feel like the producers I, have some hand in what goes on, but for the most part, I mean, it's really up to the queens. There is no rule book. There right. is no, you know, it's like they are just competing for a hundred thousand dollars. So it's like, right. of course, we want to see the best of the best win that's that's how i've always felt but when you're giving these contestants the power to control the game exactly this is what's going to happen and so i think um another thing i'll say is that like i think the producers should rethink the format i think that they should Mm -hmm. try something new and um because it's just it's just upsetting the fan base and you don't really want to upset your fan base eric thank you so rules and or just stick with rules and not bring people back after they've been voted off, you know? Thank you so um, much for calling in, honey. I'm going to let you go because we have, we have uh, all of our phone lines are jammed today for the first time ever <laughs> on the Adam Sag Show. Thanks, Eric. All right, so JB, let's talk to... Uh, okay, we'll talk to her first. All right, so joining us right now is a woman who was there on the day that I was born because... I came out of her. Mm-hmm. Please welcome back to the Adam Sank Show, the one and only Phyllis Sank. Hello, D- Ducky Darling. <laughs> Phyllis, how are you? It's wonderful to have you. Your dad there. Oh my Aww. God, it's my father's first time on the Adam Mom Sank Show. Dad. Are you guys yes. listening? We're wishing you a, 40, a happy 48. We're listening as little as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show hasn't even been dirty, though. No, we're excited that you have the show. We're excited that you're 48, and we're excited to wish you a happy birthday on on air. But we're going to let you get on to your jammed phone lines and your guests. All right, I love you very much, and it's great to hear from you guys. Darling, enjoy bye-bye. the day. See you soon. That's nice. So sweet. So now I've heard from all of my immediate family except for my sister Laura, and there's no chance of her calling in. She's, <laughs> she's the shy year. conservative one, and she does not listen to this dreck. All right. Um, are we? Okay, good. So it's time for our guest segment now, and I'm so happy to be talking to this guy because we wanted to talk to him back on February 2nd. We weren't able to. We got him back today. Um, and here's what it is. A, a cheerleading accident nine years ago left our guest paralyzed from the biceps down. He's now 27, and he's just appeared in a brand new porno scene entitled 
Face Fuck Me, which is also the name of my forthcoming memoir. <laughs> Joining us now from Portland, Oregon, please welcome America's newest porn star, Kenneth Conan. Hey. Kenneth. Hey, are, Kenneth. Are you there, hun? Yeah. Are you, can you hear me? I can. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I read about you online um, just about a month ago, and I immediately wanted you on the show um, because I have so many oh, questions. Yeah. And I guess my first one is, what, what was it that made you decide to do porn? Um, well, first, before I answer that, let me tell you a happy birthday. Thank you. I hope you have a great day. So um, far it is. So far it is. That's good. Um, your question. Um, you know, it's just something I, I mean, I was injured when I was 18 years old. I, uh. I have noticed in the nine years of my injury really how, like, people's perception towards me and regarding sex has changed. Um, just in the sense of curiosity and people, like, automatically assume that I can't have sex and things like that, or that I'm not interested in sex. And that is so far from the truth. Because um, you're a horny guy. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on now. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. What was your exact question? Basically, what what made on. you what made you decide to do this? Um, well, it was very spontaneous. I will say that um, I was connected with Davey Wavy, who's the one that owns Himalos TV. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just collaborated in a sense of, you know, I, when I was younger, I was interested in porn as well, you know, when I was 18. Um, but I think that that is coming, like, back then that was, like, coming strictly just from, like, me being a horny teenager. Mm -hmm. And now it's more so, like, well, if I can show people directly how I do things and how I have sex and things like that, that maybe it will create some buzz and some understanding around these issues that I think people are like often to like hush hush about when really like sex is just sex. We all have it. We all love it. Yeah. Well, to be completely honest with you, Kenneth, I've always wondered about um, paraplegic and quadriplegic people, whether or not they yeah, can have sex. I mean, do you mind, you know, if, if, if anything I ask you, you don't want to answer, please just say pass and we'll move on. But do, do you have feeling in your penis? Are you able to get hard and climax and so forth? You know, that's where things get a little bit different for me. Um, do I have feeling in my penis? No, I don't. Um, can I get hard and climax? Yes, of course. Um, I should, sorry, I shouldn't say, of course, like, you should know that. Right. But, um, um, sex nowadays has become so mental for me, mm. like, that it's almost, like, everything is, like, mentally stimulating, and that's where, like, I get so much pleasure from, and I think that it also helps that I was sexually active before I was injured, too, so I know what these things feel like, and I can, I can kind of trigger those things in my brain, which like then turns like mentally hot to me while I'm like while I'm having sex. Are you grateful for the fact that you did have sex before the accident, so you are able to um, create oh, yeah. those mental images and and remember what it felt like to have an orgasm and so forth? Yes, I am very grateful that I was a bloody teenager <laughs> as <laughs> are we all as we all were i think in yeah. this room yeah um now kenneth did you choose pierce paris as your co-star were you given a selection or did they just say here's the guy that's gonna face fuck you um davy wavy is a, i don't know if you know him because i certainly know who he is yeah yeah he's a very sweet guy he's super accommodating um and he just asked me like well you know, what are you looking for in a scene, like in this first scene? And I was, what are you into? And I was like, well, you know, like I really enjoy like 
having my face fucked. Like, that's fun. And he was like, okay. And I was like, you know, the harder and the bigger, the better. And he was like, oh, I know just the people for you. And so he tried to get another guy, um, but the other guy was already under contract with, um, with a different studio. And so he was like, oh, I have this friend Pierce. What do you think about him? And I had never heard of his name or anything. And then I looked him up and I was like, oh, yeah, like challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pierce is uncut. Was that something that you, is that a preference of yours or do you not care? Um, I don't, I definitely don't care. I'm uncut as well, so I, yeah, I totally don't care. And how did Pierce's penis taste? It tasted, I don't know how to explain that. It tasted <laughs> like every other penis I've had in my mouth. Just if you could compare it to a, a dessert. <laughs> <laughs> if I could compare it to a dessert. Uh, that's a question, I have to think mousse. about that one. Now, Kenneth, I did a Pornhub search for quad porn and quadriplegic porn, and as far as I can tell, you're the first quadriplegic person to ever make a gay porn scene. Am I right about that, or did I just not find any? Um, I believe you are right about that. So do you feel like the Jackie Robinson of gay quad porn? <laughs> um, you know, I just feel like myself, <laughs> and I, you know, I live in little old Portland, Oregon, which to tell you, it really isn't that little, but you know, it's like, I don't know, I just, I wanted to get a message spread, and I feel like I spread a lot more than a message. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, I think what you're doing is actually really important. Um, Thank you. I know, speaking for myself, that I am guilty of not thinking of disabled people as sexual beings when, of course, everyone's a sexual being. Yeah, I mean, you know, after after we were done filming that scene with Pierce, we were chatting, and he was like, I have to say, like, I have to give you this credit. He's like, you give better heads than 98% of people I've slept with. Yes. And I've been with a lot of people, and I was like, yes, like... Our studio audience is going crazy, clapping for you. No, that's a wonderful thing to be told. I would love to, for someone to tell me that. Uh, Kenneth, what yeah, if... Yeah, and it just... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it just shows, you know, like, uh, the whole saying, like, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, because, I, mean, uh, I mean, to some, I might be intimidating because of my chair, but once you take me out of this chair, I'm just like you. And you are out of the chair for the movie, I noticed. I am. Well, I start in the chair, and then Pierce picks me up and moves me to the sofa. I think that would be my favorite part. I would love to be lifted I just by be some carried. big man and just carried across the room. That would be so hot. Oh, I'm so lazy. Great. I don't want to walk or do anything. Kenneth, what has been the reaction of family, friends, coworkers? I imagine that, uh, that what you did was somewhat controversial. Um, honestly, I was, a, you know, I was just like a little skeptic to tell my family because I don't really know how to start that conversation, but I have the most loving, caring parents and family and, um, you know, I'm a, the sixth of seven children. Wow. Um, and there was not one negative thing said from them. You know, my parents are like, I think it's great what you, like, the message you're trying to portray. Like, do I want to see that? No. But am I proud of you? Absolutely. So she didn't watch? No, she did not watch, no. <laughs> would that have been creepy for you? <laughs> uh, that would have been a little weird. Oh my yeah. God, the thought um, of my mother I, watching me have sex. I don't think I could ever do it. Terrifying. Um, Kenneth, will, will, we be seeing, will, will we be seeing your face fucked again soon anytime? Um, I actually just had dinner with Davey a couple weeks ago, and I, um, yeah, I'm hoping to do more work with him. Um, I, you know, I talked about doing, like, a series or something of, you know, like, exploring, or exploring, uh, exploring sex and disability and, like, maybe doing one scene all about, like, 
getting fucked in the ass, another scene like doing something else and just how that ties in and how it might be different with someone in my situation, but how it's still very much the same. Well, we will be watching for that. Kenneth, how can people follow you online? You're on Instagram and Twitter and so forth, right? Yeah, I mainly use Instagram. It's just my first and last name, Kenneth Conan, C-O-N-N-I-N. And yeah, you feel free to reach out to me there. I, I'm super, I'm a completely open book. If you have questions, then I have answers. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. And uh, again, I salute you for this. I think you are a, a, a pioneer. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right, honey. Have a great day. Thanks, Ken. You too, and happy birthday. Thank you. What a sweet guy. He's super sweet. It's so interesting. And I love that they, uh, the name of the movie is Face Fuck Me. It really tells you what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> you like being face fucked. You know, I don't like being face fucked. By the way, I hope my mother, sister, and nephew are still listening. Still listening, right. I this is like, the show. I, I love giving head, but I don't like when the guy like starts, you know? Yeah. I, I don't want to be choked with it. You sure. mean, like, I w- fucking your face? Yes, thank you, JB. <laughs> I want to do the work. I, I like it for I a moment. I don't want him to do the work because I can't control it, and it really is kind of scary when that dick is just like going coming into yeah. your, down your throat. It is a little intense. Hi, Dad. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're gonna. Oh, there's a caller. Okay, uh, caller, you say what? Scott Hernandez. Oh here. my God, Scotty. Hey. Hey. This is the first time you've listened to my show in over a year. That is not true. How'd you guys know it was me? A JB knew somehow. Yeah, I have caller ID on this bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, because what my original plan was to, when they asked me who was calling, I was going to say, Regis, you're building super. <laughs> and, and, then, and then I was going to go, uh, hang up. <laughs> Scott, that's so mean. <laughs> Regis is a little touched in the head, but he's a, good, a, he's a damn good super. In the head. Oh, Listen, I, have some, I have someone else here who wants to say happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday! Is this your boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> that is my boyfriend. Hi, Justin. A lot, this hey, is the Justin. first time you're revealing to the world that you have a boyfriend, Scott. And it's I, not me. It is the first time. Hold I do. Hold your wigs. <laughs> what did Justin yeah, say? Hold on to your wigs. Hold on to our wigs. Yeah. Wigs snatch. Justin's like... No. no. <laughs> Never mind. Um, Are you yeah, two in bed so, together? We, what? No, we uh, we had a we had a uh, a cock crisis. It was a cock crisis, like a crazy cock crisis. I'm doing my impersonation of the guy from um, my uh, my daughter's wedding, whatever. Uh, Martin Short. We had a cake crisis. We had a little bit Uh-oh. of a cake crisis. Oh, because you're making my birthday cake. I'm making your birthday cake. A little bit of cake crisis. I panicked. Justin, of course, talks me off the ledge every four seconds. Took me off the ledge. We're back. We're back on track. There will be a big cock there. A big, <laughs> big cock. Big cock. Hey, hey. I would prefer a big cock, but um, but thank you. And honestly, it's a thought that counts. Even if the cake doesn't taste good, I will still be <laughs> very grateful. Oh, it's, it's gonna taste very good. Very good. Uh, we loved. The, we've been listening to the show all day, so we loved it all. We loved uh, Leo calling in with his boring life in New Jersey. We loved. <laughs> Your mom on the show. And we love the Jesse talk. I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough, Jesse. And, and I'm, what I'm about gonna me? Go on the record by, I'm going to go on the record by saying if I ever paid two Nigerian black men that look like that $3,500, <laughs> it would not be to attack me. <laughs> <laughs> it would be tea. to attack your hole. The T. Exactly. No, That's it. All right, well, guys. I know you probably have other callers. Happy birthday, Adam. Thank Hi, you. Coffee. I love you both. And Justin, uh, what? Thank you. For, uh, you've made your radio debut today, so congratulations. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys I'll tonight. see you both tonight. Yeah. All right. How sweet. Scott has the hottest, nicest boyfriend. So hot. I don't so know nice. how he did it. I, I, re- just, I just want to tell Gail and Charles, please do call back. Our phone lines are open for you guys to call back, so please do. By the way, we've had more calls in this one show than if ever. You, if you were to add ever. up every call we've ever had over this the past two years, that. this is more. It's, it's amazing. I'm overwhelmed. Um, it's actually difficult. I don't know how Derek and Romaine do it. They, they somehow manage to have conversations, right. take calls, and go right back to like I, we I'm so even... scattered. We haven't touched on anything. Yeah. So let's do this story real quick because this was supposed to go with Ryan's um, RuPaul Drag Race right. recap. Recap. Uh, this is a story about a former pit crew member who also was on America's uh, Next Top Model, Ronnie Kroll, who is now running 
for president. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Go for it. Why not? This is just attention getting. I mean, of course. But on February 12th, at a party at Pump in West Hollywood, openly gay model and actor Ronnie Kroll announced he's running for president as an independent candidate. Quote, my wanting to be president is rooted in a passion for the people, a desire to remind ourselves that the power belongs to us, and a deep inner calling that I could not ignore that wants me to find a way to help heal our nation's wounds. Bitch. Shut the fuck up. Don't. If you're going to do this... Like, have a sense of humor about it. Right. Don't pretend like you're being serious, because you're not. You're not being serious. You're an attention-seeking thirst trap who's been out of the limelight for several years, and now you're trying to get back in. He was also, he was a, a pit crew member for, like, a moment. Like, he wasn't even... I don't even remember him on that show. I, I feel like he was just, you know those episodes where they bring in, like, 10, 15, 20 people? I feel like he was one of those, like, just sort of side pieces. Yeah, um, if Kroll looks familiar to anyone, it's because they may recognize him from his role in Eating Out for Drama Camp, which I believe was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars that year. Um, He was also a contestant on Bravo's Make Me a Supermodel. I thought he was on America's Next Top Model, but maybe I have that wrong. Um, He was on on a season five episode. (laughs) Oh, right. Uh, where he was a member of the pit crew. It was the one where it was a mini challenge where the Queens had to match the Andrew Christian underwear worn by um, an expanded version of the pit crew of which Kroll was a member. I shouldn't have even done this story. It's a waste of time. Caller, you say what? Hi, Gail. Hello. Gail. How are you, my love? Happy, happy birthday, baby. Wow. (laughs) Gail, you sound so sexy. Yeah. <laughs> well, my call is the only one that matters because I'm the only one that worries about your cute little butt. Yes. <laughs> I think my butt is telling me happy birthday. No, well, it's telling you happy birthday and no mas por favor be good to me. <laughs> Gail, I've been so good to my butt. It's been years <laughs> since uh, anything's been back there other than myself. Well, that's not good. And a bar of soap. <laughs> <laughs> How are things in Myrtle Beach today? Oh, uh, well, I don't want to piss you off by telling you the weather is wonderful. Is it? How warm is yeah. it? It's, well, it's been in the 50s and 60s through pretty much the, the whole winter. So um, we're all walking around in, you know, flip-flops and T-shirts. I would love that. It's so cold here today. Well, you're welcome to come visit. <clears throat> I'm going to take you up on that. Are you on the beach? I'm about uh, 10 minutes from the ocean. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. All right, let's all spring break down to Gail's house. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. (laughs) Thank you so much for calling, baby. I love you, and I appreciate your listening. Have a very, very good birthday. Thanks, honey. Bye, Gail. Bye. Caller, you say what? Hi, Charles. Hi there. It's Charles from Cornhole. Oh, my goodness. Charles, Charles, I can't believe how late in the show you're calling. I know. Oh, I've tried three times. (laughs) Of course. You've never gotten a busy signal before. And, and the phone, no, it's not a busy signal. It just rings and rings and rings and rings. And then I thought, well, it sounds like he's got plenty of people to talk to. So then I would give up. And then JB said, oh, no, Charles, call back, call back. So I did. Yeah. It wouldn't and, be complete without you, Charles. It really wouldn't be. And, well, I'm no Mackenzie Phillips, and I'm no Glenn Scarpelli, and I'm not, I'm not even uh, Jerry, but uh, <laughs> at least now you've heard from the whole Sedona contingent. Yes. Now, did it snow in Cornhole as well? Oh, God, yes. Uh, I mean, to the point where I probably can't get up my driveway at this point. But we, we stocked up on provisions on Wednesday, and the snow started on Thursday, so we're just snug as a bug, except for the fact that the power went out for 12 hours yesterday oh my god did did you have heat no i did not no but it's well insulated luckily so i just put warm clothing on and read a book and the power's back now yes oh yes power came on about nine o'clock last night so well honey i'm glad that you survived the uh the the cornhole blizzard of 19 yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) Cornhole Blizzard sounds like something you would get at um, Sonic or Dairy Queen. Yeah, Yeah. it's delicious. Or 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 after a chili cook-off. Exactly. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) All right, Charles. Well, thank you so much. Love to Ryan and love to Charles. 
and Ro- you, and Rob, my ex-boyfriend, don't forget, he's here too, being oh, yeah, completely yeah. silent. Loved to him as well. In, uh, I'll sign it, right? Except that doesn't really work over the phone, does it? <laughs> we can imagine so. it. Okay. All right, baby. Talk, talk, talk to you talk soon. To you later. Bye. Bye. So great to hear from him and from Gail so nice. and from everybody. everybody. It's really it's been the a ass family. Yes. I'm, so loved. <laughs> I'm feeling so much ass today. Um, before we end, I need to do this story because it's follow on uh, on the whole Bernie and Ert, <laughs> Ernie and Bert controversy. <laughs> Bernie, <laughs> I like that Bernie. If you'll recall, a writer, uh, a former writer for Sesame Street, Mark Saltzman, um, who wrote for years for the show, claimed that he always wrote about Bert and Ernie as though they were a gay couple, and that in his mind they were gay. And so, of course, did, this did he um, image after his own life? Yes. Right. So this started a huge kerfuffle with the t- uh, children's television workshop and Sesame Street saying, no, Bert and Ernie are just friends. And then people were like offended because they're like, well, what would be wrong with them being gay? And they were like, Muppets have no sexuality. But then we pointed out that... Um, there was that one Muppet, Julia, who has autism. And if a Muppet can be autistic, why can't they be gay? Anyway, back on February 7th, after we had our last live show, the executive vice president of Sesame Workshop told The Hollywood Reporter, people can think whatever they want about Bert and Ernie. You want, them, you want to think they're gay? Okay. You want to think they're not gay? They're not gay. So in other words, the headline is, Bert and Ernie are gay if you want them to be. Which like it should just how I feel about Channing Tatum. <laughs> oh God, I feel the same way. But a piece of me also thinks he's a little bit bisexual, maybe. In your mind. I know. I'm not that attracted to him to be honest. What? The way like, he I, I'm a, he's too clean cut no, no. for Ryan. Yeah, like I am attracted oh. to the the movement of his body, but like when I just look at him, I'm not like oh my Ryan God. wants like a dirty, hairy, smelly yeah. pig. Mm-hmm. Well, like I just Pratt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to remind viewers that we have proof that Bert and Ernie are gay um, based on this clip. This is an actual clip from Sesame Street. Hit it, JB. Well, that's why I'm wearing this blindfold. You see, I'm going to feel something with the skin on my hands, and then I'm going to guess what that is without even looking. Now, now, watch this. Um, um, let, me, let me see. Oh, wait a, wait a second. There, there's something now. Gee, I wonder what this could be. Ernie. No, no, no don't tell me, Bert. Don't tell me. Uh, hmm. This feels kind of soft and fluffy-like, and it's sticking straight up like a shaggy rug. <sighs> no, Ernie, you're touching. No, 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 no. Don't, don't tell me, Bert. Don't tell me. I want to guess this. Now, now, now. Let's see. Moving down. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's more. There's so much more. Look at this. And this kind of feels roundish, and it's sort of, sort of squishy-like, and it's like a bath sponge. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't believe this. And let's see. Uh, moving on down. Oh, wait, this is interesting. Look at this. And this part's kind of smooth, and it feels sort of thin, and... <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's floppy. It's floppy like a garden hose. <gasps> Gee, that's interesting. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm hard. I'm I mean, it's, it's floppy it's so like hot. a garden hose. Now, and then later in the same episode, this happened. <sighs> so, there's really no question. I mean, exactly, like... That Bert and Ernie are this gay. is what's happening between them, and we should we should celebrate it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm trying to think of what we're going to do as our last story. Okay, here's a here's a good one to end with. A <laughs> a clerk who worked at a police station secretly filmed seventy male coworkers while they were using the bathroom. That's gross. This it's happened gross. in the headquarters of the Long Beach Police Department. Oof. He's been charged with 115 misdemeanor counts of invasion of privacy. According to the, palate, uh, to the complaint, I'm trying to figure out this dude's name, Sergio Nieto, uh, over a three-month period, took telephone videos of police officers changing their clothes and using the facilities. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. He regularly reviewed mm. uh, the... Uh, the footage ah. and this is a misdemeanor conduct even though it sounds really creepy and like an invasion of privacy it's actually a, um, not that serious a crime but when you have that many counts of it that can really add up so sure. he might be facing serious jail time some of the victims included high-ranking uh, members of the Long Beach Police Department 
The behavior came to light after one of Nieto's co-workers witnessed what they reported to be Nieto behaving suspiciously in the restroom. I have behaved suspiciously in a few restrooms. That is it for us. Thank you all for calling in. Ryan, thank you. JB, yes. thank you. Next week, no we're going to have uh, guest co-host Jeff Hiller and Michael Musto. Subscribe to Derek and Romaine and email me at adam at adamsank.com. I love you, bitches. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.